0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The losing streak is over. The Celtics play the right way, and Jason Tatum drops 41 and three quarters. We're talking about it on the Monday Locked On Celtics podcast. Billies, let's go!
1: Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth, like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars
0: And It's a happy one for the Boston Celtics because the losing streak is over. Oh, the long nightmare is finally ended. The three-game losing streak is done. The Boston Celtics destroyed the New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, and that's what we're going to talk about on this Monday show. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com, joined today by Chris Grenham of Forbes. Now you bounced around. I, I just—I literally just asked you 30 <laughs> seconds, and I still that's almost good. forgot.
2: Bounce around, that's right. Nice to speak with you, Kraus. The long national nightmare is over. Yes. The, you know, thank God, thank God, but we are, uh, <laughs> the panic is over. Oh, my we're, God. We're here.
0: Yeah, so it, it took a little bit of a uh, slump-busting team like the Pelicans. To They came in, obviously no Zion still, but right. no Drew Holiday, uh, no J.J. Redick. Uh, no Derek they, Favors. No Derek Favors. So it was basically Brandon Ingram and their G league team. And so, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I will start with this. The Celtics have not even really done well against the G league teams of, of the NBA lately. So, um, for them to come out and put up a 41 point first quarter was actually pretty important, even against the Pelicans team, because I think their biggest problem has been like the, Oh, you know, we, we're good now. We, we can we can go back to last year's we-don't-have-to-try-all-the-time we type of attitude. So for them to come right. out and, like, drop 41 on a team where you should be dropping 41 against in a quarter, it, it, actually, that was a good sign.
2: Yeah, that's important. I mean, it, it is, you know, for the Pelicans, this sort of was a scheduled loss. They're back-to-back. They were in New York the night before. Yeah. And in addition to, you know, like you said, no J.J. Redick, no Drew Holiday, no Derek Favors, no Zion— they're basically playing with a completely depleted roster without multiple starters. So, yeah, it was a scheduled loss for them. They had a ton of injuries. But the Celtics still had to go out, like you said, and beat them. And they did so. And, and you know, they haven't always done that because you would have thought last week against Washington, that's a game where they all they had to do was just go out and go through the motions and win. But then Ish Smith happened. And so, you know, that right. doesn't always – it doesn't always happen. But you're right. They did what they had to do. Behind Tatum, behind Cantor. Cantor had, you know, his best game in a Celtics uniform so far. Um, But they did what they had to do, and I think that can get overlooked. You know, sometimes the grain of salt opinion saying, yeah, it was against a depleted Pelicans roster, that can kind of, like, you know, take over everything. But it is important. It's still – it was a good performance, and that should be taken away from this game as well. Obviously, anytime you put up 140 points, it's a positive thing.
0: Yeah. my, My favorite stat from this game, 100 shots. You don't see absurd. teams take a hundred shots and you know why they took a hundred shots? Cause they forced turnovers. And yeah. that's the only way you can get to a hundred shots. Like you can't play poorly and put up a hundred shots. Like you right. are defending, you're moving the ball, you're running to get a hundred shots. And most teams take like 70 something, 80 maybe. Um, So that, that alone, I think if you're drilling it down to one thing, that encompasses everything because they started out the game by getting stops and getting turnovers and, you know, going back to the effort thing and, and kind of mailing in efforts uh, against bad teams, you know, they, okay. So they don't have favors in Holiday and Reddick. So this is what happens when you lose, w- when you play a game without those three guys, but right. with those three guys, this team was pretty dangerous. So that just means that somewhere in the, in this lineup is you know our guys that maybe don't get opportunities and uh, I forget who maybe Danny Ainge said that I I loved it when Larry Bird or Kevin McHale one of those guys was like out for a game or two because that just meant I got shots yeah so you know and
2: and I think I think it does kind of come back to that all leads back to the aggressiveness factor yeah which I think actually might have been answered one of your questions after the game but Brad Noted the aggressiveness and how important that was. And right off the tip, they were aggressive from the get-go on both sides of the ball. He said one of the things they did better was pressuring the ball, and that turns into, obviously, turnovers. And then they're moving the ball and aggressive on the other side. So, yeah, you're right. You have to be aggressive to get to that 100-shot total, but it's not like they were just jacking shots. They were aggressive on the defensive end, aggressive with you know on-ball pressure. Got the turnovers and then they're moving the ball really well and they didn't move the ball well at all over that three game losing streak. It was a lot of stagnant half court sets where there was zero off ball movement. So it was aggression with the ball. It was aggression off the ball. And I think that just kind of, you know, started everything churning and, uh, and it was an all around good effort, but you're right. It starts with, you know, the, the aggressive factor for sure.
0: So what happens in these aggressive games when you, when you can go out there and, and play the way that, they played is you, you see guys get layups and, and this is, this was part of one of Brad's answers. You get layups. Then all of a sudden the rim feels bigger. Shots go in. You get that confidence. You, I'm telling you, man, a lot of players, fans just don't see it from the the player's perspective. And it's impossible. Like we can barely see it from a player's perspective, but, when, when you're out there and you're missing a few shots uh, and it's all like, it's all jumpers. Then the, the way the Celtics have been playing. Let, hold on. Let me, let me, let me backtrack here. Two things, yeah. two things in, in play here. When you're missing a bunch of shots and early on, then you're like, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm missing opportunities to score. Right. And these are young guys. And as much as the, you know, they're trying to win, but like, you don't want to have, you don't, you don't want to have bad nights. So missing shots early is very kind it really is something that holds players back. You, 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 you go, you can easily go into a slump. Your energy drops, your defense suffers and all of that. Secondly, the way the Celtics have been playing with all of the jumpers that they have been taking and a lot more individual play. Well, one guy is, is taking his shots and then four other guys are just kind of sort of standing there. And so if one guy, if that one guy misses, whoever it is, the other team gets the rebound and starts to run. They're almost like getting a half step head start because the other four guys are like, Oh shit, got to move. And, (laughs) but when you're attacking and everybody's moving, even when you're missing, everybody's got that energy. So even on the miss, you could turn and get back a little bit easier. Um, so playing the way they did and getting out and getting those layups, it gets people going. You get six, eight points in your, in your stat sheet in the first quarter or early in the second quarter. Then you feel good. Cause you're like, you're, you're pretty close to a 16 to 20 point game already.
2: Yeah, uh, totally. So, and, and you, and you mentioned it right when you started there, it, those easy buckets are so vital in the first quarter and, and, Gordon Hayward, I think, says it more than anyone. He always talks about the importance early on of getting those easy buckets and getting those easy layups. And actually Saturday morning at shoot-around, he noted that. And then following the game, he said it. You know, it was important. I got a couple easy layups, and as Brad said, you know, the hoop got bigger. He was 3 of 5. He played the entire first quarter. He was 3 of 5. He had 8 points um, to open the open the game against the Pelicans, which was great for him because he hadn't been – you know He had been kind of inconsistent lately. He had 19 points. He was 8 of 11. Nice and efficient night. Um, but you're right, and Tatum started off 5 of 6. And you, more than anyone else, have uh, pointed it out over the last couple weeks, which I think is a really good point, is that a lot of times when this team is kind of struggling in first quarters, they really just turn to Kemba. And he's the energy guy, and he's yeah. the guy they look for with those early buckets. And it was nice to see him play seven minutes go one for two He has four points, but the Celtics still are able to jump out to that big league. That's, that's rare. Normally when they jump out to these early leads, it's behind Kemba. Mm-hmm. It was behind Hayward and Tatum, which was, which was a nice change of pace. And I think it all comes back to those, those easy buckets.
0: Yeah. And I think it was super important for it to be Hayward, especially yeah. because he, a, a lot of people are, are putting a lot of focus on Tatum and Brown, especially, um, Hayward's been getting a little bit more of the heat uh, lately.
2: Yeah, uh, at least he at least always tends bad. to. It's kind of bizarre. He always tends to get the heat, no matter really the situation. It's a little odd. At least yeah. on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I know, and, and I have to be careful because the I look at I look at Twitter, and I, I have to be careful not to apply that to just general fandom because Twitter yeah, its really. own little place and
2: yeah yeah it's a danger it's a dangerous game when you group twitter in as the entire
0: fan base it's it's, it really is not and that's that's important for me to consistently (laughs) remind myself
2: because because we live on twitter far too much
0: we really do
2: it it is important for us to go outside the twitter realm and realize there are people who don't live on there like we
0: do so so but but the fact is that hayward in our little world hayward has been getting a, a a fair amount. And it is at least representative. It's like, it's like the, a poll or like the Nielsen ratings where it's like, it's yeah, one yeah, person yeah. representing whatever. But exactly. so Hayward, Hey, look, it's because he gets paid when he gets paid and he can't help that he broke his ankle. He can't help that last year happened and all of that. Like this is his first fully healthy year with the Celtics. And, and so he's still trying to figure a, a few things out. So There are a lot of things that are are not his fault. There are some things that he should be better at, but getting out there and getting the easy buckets. Really, if anything here, this game was just a a little bit of a victory lap for people like me who are like, don't go crazy. All it is is mostly effort. This is mostly effort. And if they can put forth the right effort, they'll be okay. And they did. And like, this is exactly what a good team should do to a bad team.
2: Yeah. And those effort lulls, I mean, I know it's annoying to to say it and to vocalize, but those effort lulls and, and lulls of really any sort, they happen over a long season. Right. You know, they're bound to happen. And the Celtics just happen to hit their first one. And similar to, you know, Jalen Brown's play over the last week or so, it's it's going to regress like the Celtics team performance. It's got to come back to earth a little bit. And this was, you know, sort of part of it. Maybe it wasn't as pleasant or as easy of a come down as people would have liked, but it, it was bound to happen at least for a, for a short stretch. And it did, but you know, it was nice to see him kind of bounce back a little
0: bit. I mean, look, it, we're so hyper-focused on the Celtics, the Miami heat, uh, as we record this on Sunday night lost to the New York Knicks and they gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter Yeah, to, to lose <laughs> to the New York Knicks. And on Saturday, who had the bad loss on Saturday? Uh, Cleveland beat Denver. Cleveland went to Denver and beat the Nuggets. So yeah, there you go. And and the the Jazz recently they lost to the Wizards. I mean the Wizards are
2: taking everybody down right now, but right. the Jazz lost to the Wizards. So you're right. There's it's it's you know it's not just the Celtics that fall into this low.
0: Right. It, it, the world of sports is not good teams always beat bad teams. Uh, exactly. And so, all right. So we have not talked about Jason Tatum and specifically saving him for a much larger conversation, which we're going to do after the break. Stick around for more Locked On Celtics next.
1: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Celtics,
2: your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Being on the Celtics beat, it's busy, it takes a lot of time, it's very hard to stay in shape. I'm constantly like trying to get into hotel gyms and trying to find my way to uh, you know a crowded gym somewhere. But there's a better way, and to get fit in 2020, you don't have to do that or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment, the best way to get in shape for your life is with Echelon. You can go to EchelonFit.com, that's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, EchelonFit.com, to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. You know those Peloton things are all over the place. Don't bother with that. Get yourself the Echelon. It makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, everybody, no matter what your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never leave or have to set foot in a gym. You're going to love Echelon, but if you're not 100% satisfied, you get your money back. So join hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton by Echelon Bike today for under a thousand dollars. Go to Echelonfit.com slash L O N B A to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer, Echelon, it's your time. That's E C H E L O on E C H <laughs> E L O N slash L O N B A Echelonfit.com slash L O N B A Jason Tatum had to go. To those guys, he, like he was on his bike, uh, in the, in this game, starting whole out game. the whole game, uh, eleven points. Not not the whole game. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. That's true. Actually, that would have been the whole game. <laughs> uh, the eleven points in the first, eleven points in the second, nineteen in the third, for a career best forty-one points in just thirty minutes, and he hit what 73% of his shots
2: 16 to 22. That's nice and efficient. Love that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, how did he do it? Couple of layups. First play of the game. Jalen Brown gets a steal, gets out in transition. Tatum gets a layup. Those types of plays. Uh, he wasn't forcing it. You saw him moving the ball. You saw him make the extra pass. And again, a chance for a victory lap for the level headedness. Uh, the, Go out there, play the right way, move the ball. It will find the right energy. I'm the biggest believer in this. I say to every goddamn podcast, (laughs) move the ball. If everybody, all five guys are playing the right way and the ball moves, then the defense will break down and an open guy will get the ball. And it's going to be a different guy from possession to possession. You will get enough touches that – when you're going and you're hot, then you can all of a sudden put a, put up a big night. Tatum right. took 22 shots. That's not egregious. 22 right. shots and he had himself a good night. Gordon Hayward hit eight of 11 for 19 points. That's a good night. So, but obviously Tatum's not going to shoot 73%, but like, Going out, playing the right way. The reason he went six for nine from three was because he was comfortable. He was getting shots in rhythm and he wasn't really forcing them.
2: Yeah, that ball is moving around and it will it'll it'll find the hot hand. It always does. And it doesn't matter what the defense is throwing at you, if there's off ball movement, if the ball is crisp, it's swiftly moving, it'll find him. It always does. Like the Pelicans started in a zone early on. Celtics torched it. They switched back to me. It, it didn't matter. It, the entire game, the ball was moving well and it continued to find him. You're, what you noted about him only taking 22 shots. It's not egregious at all. He took 20 against the Wizards last week and had 17 points. He took two more shots and had 41 points against the Pelicans. So, you know, that's a, a, a complete result of the off ball movement of the crisp ball movement. Cause you saw it against the Wizards. Like, There was a lot of stagnant play in DC. Like it was, it was not pretty at all, but it comes back to the aggression. And like we talked about in the first segment, those easy buckets early, they see the ball go in. It gets that nice flow moving and it starts things off on the right foot. So between the nice start with the easy buckets, the ball movement throughout the game, it found Tatum and, and God, he was, he was on fire. It was, it was pretty (laughs) awesome. It was pretty awesome to watch.
0: It's, it's such a good feeling when you're on the floor to get easy buckets. And and I don't know if anybody like, if you really understand when you're playing and this is where I, I can use my experience a little bit is when you get out there and you're running and you get a couple of layups, man, like you instantly have a, a, a little bit of a game cooking. Like he, like I said, 11 points in the first quarter, there's a, there's an extra bounce in your step. And like that matters that attitude, that confidence to get out there and, and feel good about yourself. It matters a lot. Uh, Tatum didn't take a three in the first quarter, shot five of six and hit a free throw. So no threes in the first quarter. And he was already on his way to an 11 point game. Then all of a sudden Because he was driving, because he was aggressive, the shots started to open up. Second quarter, three of four from from three, only one non-three in that quarter for an 11-point quarter. That's how aggression opens things up. You feel good about yourself. The defense reacts. All of a sudden, now you become like a boxer setting up jab, jab, jab. All of a sudden, here come the hooks. Boom. And you're throwing the haymakers. That's how these big games happen Generally speaking, especially for young guys like Tatum who are still figuring out what they can do, who they can be like those types of things uh, that matters. Now, conversely, Jalen Brown was attacking. Uh, I think Jalen Brown got caught up in not getting foul calls. Yeah, um, he was he was equally aggressive, but he wasn't finishing. And I think that was like a good dichotomy of one guy saw the ball going in. And felt good about himself. The other guy was frustrated by non, non calls and he had, he struggled a bit in that night. Uh, I think, I think those are two good examples of, of how, how nights can go when, when shots are falling and when you're aggressive and you're, you're finishing versus the other.
2: No, to- totally, totally. And I think this is for me, uh, you know, I think it's a, a little more apparent with Tatum than other guys. Um, on New Year's Eve in Charlotte. He had, he was five for five in the first quarter, 13 points. He ends up with a solid game. He had, I think like 20, I, I don't know what he ended up with. Let's see here, 24. So he finishes with 24. He had 28 against Chicago. He was a perfect three of three in the first quarter. So, you know, he gets those quick starts and he takes off. He gets off to a rough start like in DC when he, he was like eight of 20. He only had two points in the first quarter. He played seven choppy minutes. He was one of three from the field. So For him, for a younger guy, and granted, that's assumed. You know, a younger guy is more—I don't want to say susceptible to the game flow, but especially his individual. That—that's just kind of the way it goes. He's a young; it's just a younger player. Um, so I think you're 100% right, Tatum, and guys like Jalen Brown. The younger guys are more susceptible to hey, if if the ball's going in early, there's a couple easy buckets. I get going. The rest of the game is going to continue that way. If I'm choppy at first and like. JB, I'm having some trouble with foul calls, whatever it may be. That could set the tone for the rest of the game. And it is very clear that that's the case with, uh, with Tatum. And he was aggressive. Like you said, he didn't take a single three and he still had 11 points in the first quarter in nine minutes. Like that's tremendous to see. Um, yeah, of course he could still finish at the rim a little bit better, but he was, he was okay at the rim, um, against the Pelicans better than he has been over the last, um, obviously the three game losing streak. But I mean, that aggression. And him putting the ball on the floor and getting to the hoop is is nice.
0: The other thing uh, with Tatum, I, I have to acknowledge his defense. In, in the yeah. last, the last time he set a career high, uh, which was what thirty nine, I believe. Yeah. He. One of my questions after the yeah, game. Yeah, thirty
2: nine against the Hornets. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of my questions at, at, after the game with Brad was like, "Hey, by the way, his defense was pretty good," and Brad kind of gushed about that, and I was going to do the same, and I'm like, "Wait a minute." I don't want, I like, I don't want to be like typecast is like hey, every time Tatum has a big game. I got to ask about the defense Tatum goes for 35 plus
2: Corrales has got to ask about his defense. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. But you know, Hey, look, he, he was out there. Um, and he had three steals and four deflections in the game. So, uh, getting out there, getting tips, uh, and when Tatum steals the ball, it's, almost always get almost like a a pick six type of defensive back. You know, he's always in the passing lane. He's picking off a pass and he's going the other way for a layup. So it's not just like he's ripping guys like Jalen Brown, despite his, his struggles shooting. I thought he had a pretty good defensive game as well. Uh, I don't know how many steals he had, but, uh, he had three
2: steals as well. So, okay. So there, so there you go. So
0: like, I think they both had, Really good defensive games. Jalen steals, I think, were more like s- straight up defending, poke away. Right. And, and but Tatum was like picking off passes and going. Uh, and the deflections, like I said, the four deflections are, are just as important because they're disruptive. I mean that that all kind of plays into everything. So uh, look, you, like I said at the beginning of the show, you don't score, you don't put up a hundred shots without getting steals and getting out into transition. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to wrap up the show. A couple more loose ends to tie up uh, when we come back on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Uh, Jalen Brown is. Officially, in a slump. I mean, he is. Uh, I'm. I'm looking at his numbers here. They're not great over the past four games. Four of 15 against New Orleans. Two of 12 against Philly. Five of 14 against San Antonio. Seven of 22 against Washington. So he's got four four games of shooting. I don't even know. I, I didn't even do the math. It's, it's bad. It's like 30%. It's not good. It, it's, it's not like what one would All
2: good. Yeah, yeah, He's, he's slumping for sure.
0: So he is two, four, six, seven of 24 from three in that, in that time. So that's a little less, a little more than 25%. So, uh, maybe a bit of regression to the mean
1: for mm-hmm.
2: Jalen. You think bound to happen, bound to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I
2: mean, kind of, what we talked about in the first segment, it's a little steeper than you'd like. You'd like a, a more gradual regression. it's sure. a bit a bit dramatic, but uh, but it was bound to happen. You know, at some point, he was on a torrid pace through December uh, for for a couple games there. But yeah, I think it's a regression to the mean. I, I don't think it's any reason to panic per se. Similar to the three game losing streak. Um, we'll see how this next week goes. You know, if if this continues, then Maybe you start to wonder if December was a flash in the pan sort of thing, but I think it's just a regression, and I don't think it's anything to to panic over just yet.
0: Yeah, the December, the numbers were ridiculous in December. It was insane, yeah. I mean, 56% shooting overall, 44% from three, uh, and 70, about 78% from the line unheard of numbers just not so sustainable. it's not it's not sustainable it's yeah. not sus- and it's not a knock on Jalen that's not sustainable right. for for basically anybody yeah uh, and if and if it if that's something that he did sustain then not only was I wrong about him before like everybody was wrong because that's that's mega star type of numbers. so
2: everyone was wrong he was wrong
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah. is is January in six games so this includes a couple of good games He's still shooting 37% in January, 35 and a half percent from three, 80, just about 83% from the line. So the, at least the free throw shooting is there. And that's, that's important. That's that yeah. super, super important. One of my things with Marcus Smart over the years has been he's a good free throw shooter. Uh, that, that three point shooting is going to come around because good, fr- good free throw shooters, they, they can't stay cold for long. The form is there. So. I think Jalen needs to like. I, if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm running a couple of plays off the off the bat against Chicago Monday night for Jalen Brown. Let's get this kid a couple of get him an alley oop, get him something going to the basket.
2: Yeah, do get something. Him some touches, really.
0: Yeah, let's let's get yeah. this kid going because we're gonna need him going. Uh, I'm not worried. Like Tatum runs hot and cold, but Tatum doesn't seem to get too caught up in it. Uh, Kemba's Kemba, and, and and Hayward, I think, is enough of a, a a pro where he's you can tell after like yeah, it was nice to get to make these shots, but I don't get too worried about it. I think Jalen, I would run, I would run a couple of plays for him and and see if if you can't get him a, a solid eight or ten point first quarter, and and maybe it's a, almost like a, a his turn. Kind of, kind of thing that's going on. At least, at least, just get him a little bit of confidence early on. Yeah,
2: totally. I mean, Hayward is the epitome of, you know, as he always says, you don't get too high on the highs, too low on the lows. That good old saying that he's said four hundred times over the last, <laughs> you know, two years. But I think you're right. I think Jalen Brown might get caught up in that a little more. And he's, he, you know, Gordon Hayward's been in the league a hell of a lot longer than Jalen Brown, so that's understandable. But you're right. You might want to look to get him a couple touches early, and. To help him, maybe just get on the right track. Not necessarily force him to break out of this. You're not, you know, forcing forcing the ball to him, but just get him on the right foot. You know, just get him going back in the right direction. That could certainly help, and I think that would help overall because on certain nights when you know Kemba's going and no one else really is, you need one other guy to kind of be going alongside of him. And it's nice to be able to turn to him. You know, and lately they haven't been able to do so.
0: Um. So I'm I'm not I'm not really worried about Jalen. But, yeah, um, way. you know, so well like I said, I think I think you'll be fine. Um we talked you mentioned NS Cantor before. Um it it's the most overlooked 22 and 19 game in history. It
2: really is. It really is.
0: But he had uh seven offensive rebounds. Uh so much so that Brad Stevens was joking after the game like, yeah, you know, Putting, putting him up and, and getting his own offensive rebounds to pad his stats.
2: I thought uh, that was pretty. There were Moses Malone comparisons yes. in the post
0: game scrum. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that's pretty hilarious. That's uh, great.
2: Yeah, but, considering that we had Moses Malone mentioned post game and a deuce appearance, yesterday's post game might have been the best all year. I mean, my god. It
0: was pretty high level. Is. You know what? That's a good point. It's pretty high level. We Just haven't had we haven't had a lot of that as much as. Everybody is happy to have last year's drama passed. Um, this year's scrums, b- because of, like, the lack of tension, yeah, like, for there's us, no, there's no Mook Spice. Like, right. There's no, it's, yeah, yeah. It's been no, a lot of, like, quiet, cliche, just spewing, like, yeah, a lot of Bill
2: Belichick talk in yeah. there, you know, and. That's, that's not fun. I want Mook coming in there and just firing <laughs> off some lines and all of us, you know, standing there looking at each other like, oh, man, this is going to be great to transcribe. <laughs> like, right, right. Thank God know? for
0: Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart's the only one that drops some heat sometimes. Uh, yeah. But, like, Gordon Hayward's never going to say anything. Like, he's no. just never going to give no. you anything. Kemba is – he's great in, like – I sit down and have conversations with him and First of all, he's great at being available, but like he's Mm -hmm. he's not going to say a ton in in those either. He's a pro in
2: that sense. Yeah, what he's doing, he knows exactly.
0: Tatum Tatum's just very quiet. Brown will say some things once in a while, but he's he's got his own script that he sticks to. There's that's just not that I'm advocating for any drama. I don't want drama. I just want I just would like every once in a while for some juicy quotes like Evan (laughs) Turner's... and Evan Turner type stuff. Just somebody to be like you know that's and you know Robert Williams being hurt there, you know? Robert Williams being hurt really puts a damper on this cuz Robert Williams is is another guy that when things are going good when things are going whatever it is like he's he's going to give you some money quotes so
2: when he's loose up there it's awesome yes. it just rolls off the tongue it's it's great yeah. i did enjoy just coming in there yesterday because that was like a little life it was just something different which was which was tremendous. And hearing Javante green call him a future hall of famer was also, that was, that was tremendous as well. Um, but yeah, I,
0: I agree a little, uh, no drama, but
2: you know, a little juice, a little juice here and there would be nice. You know,
0: how funny would that be? I mean, I, I hope I'm like 85 or something like that. And like deuce Tatum at that point, would be like (laughs) 45, And, like, yo, just elected to the Hall of Fame. Like, that would be...
2: Just elected
0: to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, You'll
2: be remembering. I remember when Javante Green
0: called that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you were, like, two years old. You tried to eat a microphone. (laughs) Javante Green said... Oh, my God. That would be great. So, Cantor Cantor had himself a a very nice game. Look, he is who he is. He's going to have his bad nights. I, I feel like every time I mention Cantor... There is a segment you mentioned before, like on Twitter. There is a segment of people on Twitter that just absolutely despise Ennis Kanter, and just every time he has a bad, like does something bad, they're like, "Get him out of here!" Jump. I can't. They jump. I oh, yeah. mean, it's yeah. visceral reaction. It's brutal. It's brutal. I, think, I
2: get it. I get it. He's he is he's not great on defense. Like no, we, of course but, not. Everyone knew that when he signed with the Celtics, but he's undeniably useful in offensive situations for the most part. My, you know, like like last night, he was tremendous moving off the ball when they were torching the Pelican zone. There's not a lot of bigs who can move like that, and he's great at finishing at the rim. So for him to just be sitting underneath, waiting for waiting for that last pass, like that's useful. I don't care if he's you know iffy on defense on occasion, to put it politely, you know, right?
0: He's useful. When when the Celtics, if the Celtics can, can get fully healthy, yeah. they they can manage that. There can be more canter DNP's in. So- those situations, like right now, he has to play because uh they're they're down. Robert Williams. What other choice? Do they? they have? don't have yeah. Poirier. You like I love Grant Williams, but he fouled out in 13 minutes last Remarkable. night. Like that. I, I mean, beautiful line. What an, a beautiful line. <laughs> an epic performance. It's tremendous. <laughs> um, but and and Daniel Tice has a sore right knee. Like yeah. he's questionable for the the uh, Bulls game. So Cantor has to play. So, yeah, he's going to get torched on pick and rolls. Ish Smith switching on to Ennis Cantor is just a recipe for disaster. And yeah. So, go ahead and scream all you want when that happens, but like, just accept, like, all right, he's going to get torched. But on the other side, he does the things that you said, and he's putting, he's putting back offensive rebounds, and he's right. really crushing the offensive boards. This year, like that, they had that one z- zone busting play that I just got crazy over on Twitter where it was perfectly just dissected and he was behind the, 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 yeah. Was it the one where Hayward dropped it to him? Yep. Under? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Perfect. It's yep. exactly, everybody was exactly, they were supposed to be the yep. ball got to the middle, the big kind of lays back. I remember when I was playing against the zone, I would, I would even stand out of bounds. Like right. I was, my foot was fall on back the
2: just as far out of the play as you it, can. Just
0: forget about me. Yeah. Let those guys get into the gaps, and then I'll step right in and catch that dump down. And it's easy money. Bigs can get twenty points a game if you if you're playing zone like that.
2: Yeah, so. it's perfect. If the big can kind of creep back like that, it, the zone then starts to creep up high because the big is just nowhere to be found, and all of a sudden he's alone underneath.
0: Yeah, it's it was perfect. perfect. Yeah, uh, my favorite play from Cantor went, I think, mostly unnoticed. There was a play in the, I don't know, second quarter maybe, where, uh, Jalen Brown called for an Ennis Cantor pick. And I swear, I didn't, I didn't ask Jalen about it, but I swear it was just to get him out of the lane because he was on the right block and he, (laughs) he called for the pick and Ennis was like halfway up the lane and then he just takes off. J- Jalen just took <laughs> off and drove, and and I was like, "That's hilarious," because it, that's one of the downsides of Cantor is that he clogs the lane sometimes because right. he's standing on the block. Right. So you like Jalen was like, "I got to get him out of there."
2: Yeah, Jalen's like, "I can dribble now. You can't be Ooh. down there, man."
0: <laughs> right. But also, Jalen missed, and Cantor put back the miss, and go. and yeah. so like uh, that that just kind of. I don't know. That I, that's awesome. I, I, I found know, that I one.
2: didn't notice that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that was really funny to me. But he did that and I'm like, You son of a bitch, that was really slick. <laughs> yeah, come on, set the pick. Bye. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> but he's there to clean up. He's there, there it is. Up. That's that's his job. Yep. That's his job. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that's everything I've got. And this we're just about out of time. So Chris, thanks for uh thanks for hopping on. Yeah, of Appreciate course. This. I'll see you tomorrow at, at shoot around and at the garden. Yes, uh, these long days. Shoot around <laughs> And then the game. But Celtics, Bulls, so stick around. There will be a post-game podcast after that. All of you new listeners, go ahead and give that uh, subscribe button the push. Please get this thing to your device as soon as it is published. And the regular listeners, five-star rating and a good written review and share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.